Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Soccer For Us. I'm Bart, and I am joined with me today by two guys who have a lot to say about the 26 players who have been chosen by Greg Berhalter to represent the United States at this 2022 FIFA World Cup. We've had weeks of leaks and rumors and speculations, but the 26 players have been finalized. It was released officially today. To talk with me, I have Caleb Cook. And Thomas, you may know him as U.S. Keeper on Twitter. Caleb, how's it going, man? It's uh, it's going. I'm here. Uh, mixed emotions, a lot to be excited about, and a lot to debate. And that's why we're here. That is why we're here. And to help us with that, we got Thomas, who's uh, joining the podcast again, who I'm sure has plenty to say about the fact that we have four right backs on this roster. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, there's a uh, some it's a uh, it's exciting times. You guys about twelve days, so where US kicks off. So, well, let's just kind of jump right into it because we can talk about our big feelings after we've talked about the twenty six guys who are on the roster. So, right off from the jump, let's talk the goalkeepers: uh, Ethan Horvath from Luton Town, Sean Johnson from New York City FC, and Matt Turner from Arsenal. Now, there's an obvious big snub on this list and instead of kind of going snubs all together let's talk about the snub in this particular position group because there's no Zach Steffen he was seemingly Greg Berhalter's first choice goalkeeper throughout all of qualifying uh seemed to be even the first choice up until last what two months ago when he obviously wasn't in camp for injury-ish reasons but uh, maybe there's more to it. I don't know, Thomas, what do you think? I mean, you're the goalkeeper. What about this decision speaks to you? I mean, if you watch Stefan's form over the last several months, it's been inconsistent. And I think, I think, you know, I think Greg wanted some consistency. There, there had been some talk about six months ago that the injury he sustained, you know, maybe a year ago or so, was still hampering him, impacting, you know, his ability to, to, you know, make certain plays in the field. So I think that probably came into, you know, play with it. I mean, Horvath has been playing pretty consistently. Turner hasn't played a lot, but I, uh, you know, he had a few um, 
Europa games before he got his most recent injury, which it sounds like he's, you know, back in form. So I, I just think it, it was based on that, you know, overall consistent form from, from match to match, even though he was playing. Yeah. I mean, I think, and Greg Berhalter said it in his comments um, that he is pretty much leaning toward Matt Turner as being the number one. It seems like maybe that decision has been in his mind for a lot longer than just, you know, maybe the last week. Um, but it's still, it still feels weird that Stefan, who we've kind of talked about being a Burhalter guy, Burhalter's talked about him being a leader in the locker room, um, a guy who, again, he was pretty much, he started eight of the 14 matches in qualifying, which is more than Turner did. It, it just does feel weird that he wasn't included over Horvath or Johnson, who, ain't, you know, I don't think that they're bad, but it's just, it feels like such a sudden decision. Yeah, I don't know if you know. I, there was some speculation there, might have, and again, my name's on the Twitter Twitter world, so you could take that for what it is. But there was some speculation about maybe you know some locker room um, challenges, but that because if he wasn't going to be the starter, then you know maybe Greg, who definitely looks at the locker room chemistry as something um, uh, of importance, as we'll talk about later with Rodon's addition to the roster. Uh, you know, I think then that that's you know, maybe consideration as well, you know, within the group there. It's, it's, it's really, who knows with Greg? I mean, there, there was, a, there's definitely a few surprises here uh, for sure. And, uh, but I, I think form comes down to it. I honestly don't, I just don't think he was, you know, playing, playing all that well. I don't think he looked, you know, consistent out there. And I just don't think, you know, you were going to bring a guy in, you know, that, that wasn't playing, playing well currently. And with, when you have, when you have the, you know, some decent depth in, in Turner and, and Horvath and, even in you know even Johnson as well. So, Caleb, how do you feel confidence-wise about the three that he selected? I mean, barring injury, Matt Turner's starting every single game. Do we agree um, with hopefully. that? Do we all agree? Like Turner's yeah. the number one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you know, hopefully, there's more than three matches. You know, three guaranteed. But I, I really. I do think we can get out of the group. I think it's a very realistic possibility, and I think that's the goal. That's the expectation. Um, so I think Matt Turner, like I said, unless he's injured, he's starting every one of them. Um, I love Horvath. I've always been a big fan of Horvath to come in cold, step in um, to the uh, was it Nation League's final when he when he saves the penalty uh, against Mexico. That's that's massive. It's massive. Uh, have no issues with him. And then Sean Johnson, we've talked about it, you and I. Um, I think it's more of like a hat tip to him and, and his contributions. The third keeper's probably never going to play. Um, but you bring him and say thank you for everything you've done. And, you know, Slonina is super, super young. He's fine. Uh, he'll he'll be at the next one, no problem. Um, with with Stefan, I think, I think Thomas – alluded to it. And I, I, I kind of think that's got to be what it is because form we've seen Greg call Stefan in and start him during dips in form. I think the kind of the same thing along the lines with Brooks, I, I think there was a conversation of we're going to go with Matt and Stefan didn't like it. I, th I think that's uh, a very realistic possibility. I'm not going to sit here and confirm that. We don't know. It's all speculation, but, uh, it, it seems like there was more than just uh, what happens on the field. 
in, in involved in this decision. Yeah, I think when you look at the keeper position, because obviously there's only one guy on the field at a time, and to be quite honest, you're not starting a guy in one game and to start a guy for the next game. You don't want to have to do that in the World Cup. You want to know who your number one is so that you can play him. And there's a lot of reasons why you need to have an established number one, uh, you know, backline communication, leadership on the field, all these things. Um, you know, and it's also possible too, and I think this is something that's become a little bit more evident through U.S. soccer's communication, is maybe Matt Turner has become a, a good leader in that locker room. Because again, that was something that Stefan kind of filled a void of when you had all these young and experienced guys, maybe Turner's finally gotten to his own. I mean, Thomas, what do you think from Turner on the field? Do you think he's able to command the respect uh, and, and give us the leadership back there that we need from a starting goalkeeper? Yeah, I think Turner's, you know, has done a great job. I, I will, you know, he came in early in the qualifying. He started off, you know, I think, I don't know if Stefan was injured. I think he must have been injured when this first started off in the September camp. And I thought he did great. I do. Yeah. I found it odd. Um, I, I think it was against, um, was it against, it was against uh, Pan, uh, Panama. And, you know, they lost one nothing in Panama and he pulled them and he started yeah. Stefan the, the next game. And I, I didn't particularly think that Turner did anything, you know, to lose that opportunity. Um, but he did. And then he proceeded to go with Stefan, you know, in the next three matches. So when you, when you do that without kind of in Greg's way, not really communicating, you know, any real true reasoning why you, you know, we're going to have that change when there really wasn't a form issue. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think that's, you know, kind of telling to, to how Greg does things, but, but Turner, I think Turner did great. I've, you know, we saw him in the, the, the gold cup uh, the year before, I think he worked with that group very well and yeah. he's worked really hard with the revolution. And now with Arsenal, I think he's, he's putting a ton of time into, to, to make sure he's ready for these, you know, for these critical work. Well, my final take on just goalkeepers is that I think at the end of the day, you want to have the guy who is most likely to save shots in between the fights. And I think that Matt Turner is that dude out of all four of the goalkeepers we've talked about. Uh, let's move on to defenders. We have nine defenders. Um, Cameron Carter Vickers from Celtic, uh, Aaron Long from New York Red Bulls, Tim Ream from Fulham, and Walker Zimmerman from Nashville SC. Those make up our center backs. Um, I don't know if there's anything, like, I don't know if there's a surprise here. I don't know if there's a snub. I think the surprise is that Tim Ream is is back, but given that Richards is hurt, given that, you know, I, it seems very clear that McKenzie and Eric Palmer Brown weren't quite at the level that Greg wanted. Is it that big of a surprise that Tim Ream is included? I don't think it's a surprise. I mean, you, you see what he's doing in the Premier League week in, week out. He's playing really, really well. Um, I think a lot of the poor performances we saw from him with the U.S., he was put in positions to fail, um, especially when you see him as a left back. Why are we yeah. doing that? Um, and then when you play a high line and a back three and he's the left side of center back and he's getting cooked by world-class uh, player, like that's not his game. But that's also not necessarily his fault. That it was a tactical decision and he was put in positions to fail. Um, you see him play for his club 
week in and week out in the Premier League, arguably the most competitive league in the world. Um, and he does just fine. So the fact that he's playing well, uh, I think he's rewarded with the call-up. I don't think he gets in if Richards was healthy, um, yeah. which is a shame. But it is what it is. So the fact that he's in, um, really excited about it. I just I don't know if he's going to play because we all know who the two starting center backs are going to be. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Thomas, that's the question, right? Like, it's very clear that Reem was the next guy in the depth chart once it was confirmed that Richards wasn't going to come, which sucks. But is it is it Long and Zimmerman now? <sighs> I, I... <laughs> I'll pull a Greg. I say, you know, let's see how they do in camp. I mean, I, I would have no problem with Zimmerman Ream, honestly. I mean, Ream has shocked me. I haven't been a huge fan of his. He's been inconsistent in the, you know, Fulham's, you know, back and forth from Premier League to the championship. You know, the he but this season he has impressed. It's it's undeniable. And I think people have a memory of Ream's poor performance back in what, 2019 when he was put in a left back position. That's not a strength of his. He's just, He's, that's not his position. He was playing out yeah. of position for, for for many many matches, and he got exposed, and rightfully so. He just he just left footed, so they thought that you know any guy can play left foot, you know footed uh, back for for the U.S. there. So I think that I think that's in a lot of people's memories. Uh, I think pairing with you know with with uh, Zimmerman is is not bad. But I think we'll have yeah. to see. I mean, Long has not impressed. I mean, the problem is our depth at the position is just it's it's not great right now we've yeah. got I mean, you know, two two key players that would probably would have been on the team in robinson and and richard so exactly two of your top three center backs are injured you know like absolutely miles robinson chris richards are two of your top three if not number one numbers one and two right and we saw that throughout qualifying it was it was miles it was chris and it was walker as your three that he rotated the most and and, and honestly that was an okay rotation because it was like they both they all three had similar qualities and did similar things well, but they also had some things that did better than the other two. So it was a really good rotation. The fact that neither Richards nor Robinson are going to the World Cup sucks. Like, as an Atlanta fan, it sucks. As a fan of young Americans who have chances to make names for themselves in Europe, that sucks because it it very much is likely that both Richards and Robinson could have used good performances in this tournament to catapult their careers and the fact that they're not here just it really does suck. Um, it it's going to be concerning to see who because I I'm not even going to say that Cameron Carter Vickers is like the definite like yeah okay I'll be happy if he's next to Zimmerman I'll be less anxious uh, opposed to to Long but is is CCV really that good of a guy I mean that's the question I have I mean what do you think Caleb? Yeah, everybody's talking about his performances in um, the Scottish Premier League or Premiership I mean. Yeah, he's doing really well, but what attacking talent is he going up against week in and week out? Yeah. When he plays Rangers, okay. But other than that, is it yeah. like how, you know, MLS gets dumped on, right, for talent-wise, but what does MLS spend money on attacking talent? So if you're playing defense in MLS, you're at least playing the best part of MLS, um, is the attacking talent in Scotland really that much higher than it would be in MLS? Now, I think the biggest difference would be style of play, um, intensity, speed. Um, but there's some extremely gifted technical attacking talent in MLS. And 
I really don't know if there's that much of a difference to say that, oh, Cameron Carter-Vickers is just week in and week out playing against much better competition to where you can just definitively say that he should be starting over long. I, I don't know. Like I said, it's for me, it should be Reem and Zimmerman, but it is what it is. We're in this conversation. We're, we're having this conversation because of two completely unfortunate injuries. Um, yeah. To like you alluded to, to what I think would be the number one and number two center back. And I, and I just looked at I just looked at the starting lineups. Reem has only played with Zimmerman once, I think, and Zimmerman was a sub because they're the guy. same person. Duh. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's funny because he actually has more pairings with Long um, in matches that, for the United. That States. actually doesn't surprise me because I feel like Long and Reem are are very uh, good pairs, as opposed to I mean Walker Zimmerman is is similar to Aaron Long, but I guess Zimmerman hasn't really been around the same time period that Reem was playing. So that does make sense that Reem and Long would be together. But, you know, I think the question now is, is it Walker Zimmerman and someone else, Thomas? I mean, is that really who you kind of see? I mean, I I don't know. I'm, I'm now that I looked at that stat, I I don't know. I mean, I think camp is going to be kind of telling, but I I think Greg's going to go with the pairings that have been playing. I mean, you could make a change. That's the thing. You can make a change. And I had thought, while it was being rumored there might be a fifth center back, they might actually utilize a three a three man back. Uh, but I don't think there's any. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll get to it. But with you know, especially four right backs, I don't think <laughs> you know well, center back quality. So. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it four right backs, and, and we'll talk about one that maybe could have allowed you to play a three a three back system. But you have four right backs and a left back. You have Sergino Dust now with AC Milan. You have uh, Shaq Moore. From Nashville SC, you have Joe Scally from Borussia Mönchengladbach, and the left back Jedi Robinson from Fulham. Uh, Jedi, the obvious choice at number one, left back. I think Des, the obvious choice at number one, right back. Um, I think once we kind of saw Vines uh, not perform well in that September camp, it made it very clear that Scally was going to make the roster. Do you agree with that, Thomas? Yeah, I, I thought that really opened his door. He still might have made it, in my opinion. I think I probably. Think, yeah, if taking five, I think he still makes it. I mean, he's playing every week at, at a very high level. I mean, you, it's kind of hard to argue. He didn't get a great look and opportunity, um, you know, earlier, you know, late, kind of in the in the cycle. So I, I think yeah. I think he's a no brainer. Honestly, I think he's been playing quality soccer. It's hard to leave him off. But then the shot, Caleb, is I think Shaq Moore. Uh, get, oh, and I forgot to mention DeAndre Evan. I'm sorry. Uh, Shaq Moore getting called up, I think, over Reggie Cannon. I think that was the final decision was it was over Reggie Cannon, who we've seen Cannon gives you some tactical flexibility as, you know, a right center back slash just pure center back. Um, Shaq Moore, though, does have a history of being able to play left back. Obviously, Joe Scally plays left back on occasion. He's he's done that more frequently for Gladback. And then Sergio Dest has the ability to play left back as well. So does it bother you that there's no true left back? Or do you think that, yes, we brought four right backs, but three of the four can play on the left side. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, it is what it is based on the player pool that we have, you know, there's no, there's no Shockingly, we don't have a lot of American left backs. I know this surprises every single person who's ever watched the USMNT. Uh, listen, I've got a ten-year-old son. I'm telling you, he's he's on his way. He's on his way. He says, "Sweet little lefty," and uh, 
I'm, I'm working him that way. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, we don't have anyone in the player pool right now that's just screaming, I'm the backup left back to yeah. Anthony Robinson. We all know A-Rob's the, the number one guy. Um, you can you can play Dest on the left. You can play Scally on the left. You can play Shaq Moore on the left. Uh, I think if A-Rob gets hurt, it's probably going to be Dest on the left with Scally mm-hmm. on the right or vice versa. You can see either one of those. Um, I would say Shaq Moore is probably on the depth chart over Yedlin. I think Yedlin made the roster for leadership. Um, we know how important eyes and vibes are to our fearless leader. Um, <clears throat> Shaq Moore was extremely, extremely shocking to me. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Uh, he's from my hometown. I have played with many players that have played, grew up playing with him. Um, haven't played with or against him. Don't know how that's happened. But um, really, really excited for the guy. But it was out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. And when you look at Shaq and Yedlin, to me, as far as roster construction, they are the same profile. Um, that's why I look at Yedlin as, like, not a right back. I look at Yedlin as just a player on the roster. He was simply brought because of his leadership. Is that a problem, do you think, Thomas, or do you think it's okay to use slots 24, 25, 26 on a guy who, like, clearly brings leadership to the team? Yeah, I, I'm not for that. I, I think you got to bring – I think you got to bring your best team. And obviously, if you've got a nuclear-type player on your team right. that's blowing things up, I mean, that's a different conversation. Well, but, then but that's, I, that's the follow-up, right? Is is Yedlin – is there anyone better? That, like, what right back is, like, definitively better than, than DeAndre Yedlin right now? See, I'm not a fan of Ned Yellen. Never have been. I mean, he, you Sorry. know, he he's so inconsistent. I think honestly, I think he actually has uh, some composure issues when he's on the field and things aren't going his way. So, I, so yeah, I think that there is a, that leadership element. You know, veteran has yeah. been there, done there. Because honestly, there was only him and Brooks would have would have been the only two players that you know could have probably in this group that that would have even been considered uh, from the last group. Um, in 2014 so i'm just not ready to like i don't think i could definitively with like my whole chest be like yes reggie cannon is better than deandre yedlin and gives us a better option off the bench than than yedlin but i could be convinced um but i I don't think that there's like that big of a difference between anyone after joe scally at right back and really joe scally gets that nod because it's a level he plays at and then his left back playing ability so i'm not gonna like yeah of all the like Guys who are a little bit older, been there, done that. Yedlin's the one I think I have the least problem with. Um, there's a dude in the midfield that I, we'll talk about in a second that I'm just, again, astounded that he continues to get looks for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, any other takes on this fullback group, though? The, the only other thing I would say is, and I found it, I was thinking about it when I had seen something this morning about Shaq Moore being rumored on the roster. I'm thinking to myself, you know, the only, you know, if you look at this roster, you're seeing four you know, four, you know, sets of players that are playing in the same club together. I, it doesn't, it's not hugely impactful, it's but true. you know, you're looking at, you know, Moore and Zimmerman, you're looking at, you know, you know, Aronson and Adams, you know, as kind of players that are on the same field, you know, Ream and, and Robinson, you know, there's, there's some, you know, continuity there that I, th- yeah. that I think is, was maybe part of the consideration when you're doing that. And plus they're playing, you know, you know, those European, you know, English te- teams and players. And Greg even said it, you know, like when he was talking about, you know, that experience, you know, with you know different players playing 
those European clubs. And so mm-hmm. I think that was maybe part of the decision making, you know, a little bit along the way. Like I have no issue with Shaq Moore. I, I you know, I think he's, he's he's a reasonable call up. He's done well. He just, yeah. you know, his stamina is always something I question. He usually can't get through much more than seven minutes <laughs> of a match before needing to be subbed. But that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Let's move on to the midfield, though, because um, I think this is where things get a little bit more exciting and less uh, stressful. Seven midfielders, Brendan Aronson from Leeds, Kellen Acosta from LAFC, Tyler Adams from Leeds, uh, Luca De La Torre. Uh, apparently, according to Greg, he'll be fine from an injury perspective. He plays at Celta Vigo. Weston McKinney from Juventus. Uh, Yunus Musa from Valencia. Christian Roldan from Seattle. Um, I'm going to start off from the top. I am very upset that Christian Roldan gets to go to a World Cup when the dude has done fuck all to earn it at the national team level. And I'm sorry, he hasn't. So um, now that that's out of the way, Caleb, (laughs) um, who about this midfield core uh, surprises you that they're included or maybe is the most exciting that they're included? I mean, there's some midfield talent here. Which one has you the most like, woo? I think the fact that Brennan Aronson is listed as a midfielder instead of a winger is telling as far as the way um, Burhalter's looking at things. Um, so that's exciting. I am probably one of the biggest Musa fans in the world. Um, can't wait to watch that kid. Um, Tyler Adams is probably coming into this roster in the best form of any yeah. other player. Yeah. McKinney. You know, he's kind of been a roller coaster, some injuries, some form dips, but he has always shown the ability to show up in big games, big matches, um, and big moments. So really, uh, you know, a lot to be excited about. And then as far as surprises, you know, I wish I could say that I'm surprised that Roldan's on this roster, but I'm not. I'm not at all. Um, Burhalter loves the guy. Uh, We've talked about this. A, a lot when he plays for Seattle he does some really incredible things he plays really really well unfortunately that is not the person that we see when he puts on a US kit I don't know why there's no science that can he back hits it up. The ceiling. Who knows? that's like the exact reason I'm sorry like his Again, ceiling I mean, is is MLS I don't understand it I, I do I will say this he will work his butt off so I wouldn't mind if you're trying to close out a lead and you put no, him on with 15 no, minutes left. No, 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 no. I'm just trying <laughs> to make sense of the fact that he's there. And if he's going to be there, uh, that's then that's the role that I'm okay using him for. Not, Hey, we need a goal. Let's go put rolled on on what yeah. you're talking about. The guy who has two goal contributions. And I say goal, two assists, no goals in 32 caps. Um, Thomas has the stats in front of him. I'm sure he's looking it up. Roldan, yeah, Roldan has like, it, it just comes back to that. He gets time, chance after chance and never really does anything to actually make the team around him better at the national and team. My level. thing is, if he was a defensive midfielder, okay, with those stats, whatever. He is an attacking midfielder slash winger role when he plays for the U.S. And those are the numbers that he has. Yeah. That's not good enough so again you want to talk about players that are being brought for their role in the locker room okay but it's a closed tournament and once the tournament starts there are no changes being made you need every single roster spot available and 
when we talk about this this midfield roster, you can't I, I the fact that Tillman's not brought when he has shown the ability to make magic happen on the field. And then he just literally scores a game winner minutes before the rosters dropped. Like he's already done more for the attack for the U S in what three caps, like those types of decisions, just they're mind boggling. I, I, I have no reason to explain Christian or Don Thomas, uh, maybe talk about someone who actually makes sense. I mean, Brendan Aronson as a midfielder, is that, do you think that's a tell from Burhalter, or do you think that's just more of a nominal, okay, we're listing him as a midfielder type thing? I mean, he he's capable of playing both. I mean, I he, we've seen what he's been doing at the Premier League. He's got a ton of energy. He starts, you know, matches off, you know, very well. Has a lot of, you know, you know, it's a different it's a different style. I mean, I, I have to wonder if you start you start Aronson over you know Musa, who, who I love, but I mean, it depends on the what matchups you're going to see. I mean, he, you know, I. He, Again, Greg is obsessed with the, the the connection of these players playing against you know a lot of the same English players and, and, and Welsh players that we're you know we're going to be matching up against you know in the group. So I think that I you know I think he's considering that as well and to see how, what that matchup is going to look like. I mean, I, I think you could you know start Aronson and then bring Musa off you know the bench you know in the 60th minute because Aronson usually gassed you know for for yeah. leads, you, you know you know because you know, he, he runs so much he's all over the field he's. You know, he's very energetic. So, that, I mean, because that's goals are going to be the, you know, the area that we need. And that's why I don't understand the Tillman, not bringing Tillman, because he, you could bring him off the bench. He can get a, you, can, you know, for a corner, you know, that guy has had some crazy, you know, having goals, you know, this season off corners. I mean, he, he, he can elevate. He's impressive. So, I, yeah, the rolled on thing that makes no sense to me. I just, he's not even, you know, he, he doesn't play an eight. He doesn't play a six. So, he, like, he doesn't. That's not where he's his so-called strong suit is uh, for this team. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, you could have brought in Johnny Cardosa over over Roldan, you know, for for you know defensive purposes. In my opinion, but he's been I think, quite very well. So, I think that's the question, right? I always think about like, okay, if you're going to say this guy's a snub, you have to list guys who definitely should make it above them, right? I think you just mentioned Johnny Cardozo. We we can mention Malik Tillman. I mean, I'll throw Georgie Mihailovic out there because I know Caleb and I like to talk about him. But, like, there are other guys who just clearly have more talent and are playing better right now than Christian Roldan. And yet he continues to get looks. But I don't want to harp too much more on Christian Roldan. Let's let's talk about the positives of this midfield is that I think we do have some decent depth at all three positions, if you want to look at it that way. But definitely depth at the eight and – I, I'm okay with, you know, I think Kellen Acosta is a fine backup at the, at the six. I don't think you really have any other options. But the let's talk about those attacking midfielders because now that Aronson is kind of listed as a midfielder, right, you have McKinney, Aronson, Musa, De La Torre as four guys who I feel pretty confident in going into a World Cup. Thomas, is that a confidence level I should be having or, or am I a little off base with that? I mean, I, I like the group. I mean, we've seen them play, you know, together. We've seen them play, you know, as subs come in. I mean, I think I think it's a quality group. I'm I'm just hoping De La Torre is, you know, healthy. I think that's yeah. my biggest concern with that. It's just what his health is. He hasn't played and he wasn't obviously starting 
uh, a lot for his club. So yeah. I think that's that, that. I think that's my only concern with that with the group um, because he's been out for what two weeks. He's been so, out for a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wonder um, how his form is going to be in conditioning. So um, I mean, he's not going to start. He'll be you know he come off, but he's great with the ball. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. We've got a lot of guys kind of coming in with injuries that Greg assures that they'll be ready to go. But, Caleb, how confident do you feel in the, the attacking midfielders that we've brought other than the one guy? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to be excited about. I think the possibly the strongest core, you know, arguably the forwards, but with with Adams, McKinney, Moose, and Aronson, especially now being, with Aronson being listed as a midfielder, um, and then when De La Torre is healthy, he's shown that he can absolutely do the job. I think it's very exciting. Uh, and, and with Kellen Acosta, yeah, there's, there's no one who's staked claim as a backup six. He's shown that he can do the job. Um, he can hit a really good set piece and, you know, people, people trash him all the time, but I have, I have no issue with, with Kellen Acosta. Um, I've always kind of liked the kid, and he's like, you want to talk about two footed? That kid can hit a left footed pass like it's his dominant foot. Um, there's a lot to like there. So, you know, other than harping on on the the rolled on, uh, there's there's definitely a lot to like here. All right, well, let's move forward to the forward position. Um, the Wingers are pretty, I think, expected, especially now that Aronson was listed as a midfielder. You had Jordan Morris from Seattle Sounders, Christian Pulisic from Chelsea, Gio Reyna from Borussia Dortmund, and Tim Weah from Lille. Uh, again, I think those are pretty straightforward. I do, uh, I think it was pretty well, not speculated, but reported that um, Paul Ariola seemed to have been injured of some sort, uh, and that is basically why Jordan Morris is on this roster. Um, otherwise it probably would have been Ariola. Um, those wingers have been playing for the U S I think we can talk about Jordan Morris being a little bit of a, I don't want to say surprise, but definitely the weakest link of the attacking seven that we've brought, but he does have a history of scoring goals for the U S men's national team. And to me, that does. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mean something, uh, especially in big moments. But Thomas, you look at the wingers, um, the depth, we were at least too deep, right? At, bo at both left and right sided winger. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, the depth's fine. I mean, Morris would not have been my preferred option there. I, I think, I mean, it's 
it's kind of a lack of options. I don't know. You know, yeah, that's fair. You I mean I think at that point you're you're starting to you know get to a lack of options, especially if you're moving Aaron's into the, to a, you know the, the midfield position, which you know I mean that's you know that's on some paper. I mean obviously if he's needed he can play, but uh, yeah, I mean Ariola, the I for me the only I think the only glaring difference is I, as I do like his defense. You could bring him in late, and I think Ariola he's going to run yeah. all over that field and defensively he's going to be able to play that um I, I his offensive game i've never been overly impressed when you start getting against better quality opponents morris but you're right morris has scored some you know some big goals for the united states in friendlies and in, in, in even competitive matches so i I, th- I think he's got that pedigree uh for that so you know if he's needed i, I think he can you know come off and and uh, you know hopefully do something but he his in his injuries that he's had with his knees you know, his left and right is i mean that, that's where it is his speed's not there and so that's kind of where i get a little concerned with yeah. with that consistency for more so caleb how do you feel about these wingers yeah, i think there's a lot of strength you want to talk about star power you know you look at christian pulisic gio reyna that's that's where we're at um, people want to get in their feels about Reyna being listed as a winger versus a midfielder. Uh, like Thomas just said, it's it's on paper. He plays winger for Dortmund. Play. I think people need it to plays winger plays... for Dortmund all the time. Yeah, and he's I mean, very like good people... there. He plays on the left sided. You could play Gio Reyna anywhere on the field, and he's going to be fine. Calm down. It's like like I said, Thomas just said it. it's on paper. If you want to play him in the midfield, play him in the midfield. You want to play Aronson as a winger, play him as a winger. Who cares? Uh, so again, there's a lot to like. Jordan Morris, you know. We're talking about Morris versus Roldan. At least, at least Morris has uh, contributions to his name. He's had big moments. Yeah. We talk about the El Salvador game coming in late with the uh, equalizer. It's a big moment. It's a World Cup qualifying. So I have less of a problem with that. You know, if you're bringing in guys from the MLS and people want to get all upset simply because of where someone's playing, I don't care where anybody plays. Like, I don't mind Walker Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman has shown that he can be a decent center back. I can't really play. Jordan Morris is from Seattle Sounders. Christian Rodon's from Seattle Sounders. I have an issue with Rodon because there's no contributions. Yeah. Morris yeah. at least has something, like, like I said. Morris with 49 caps, 11 goals. Um, he's obviously a very seasoned USMNT veteran. And for me, I kind of have always likened him to more of a Landon Donovan type player where obviously he's very talented. He might not be fit for what the European game wanted from him. Um, obviously though, I think he did very well at Swansea and it sucks that he couldn't stay over there. Cause I think he could have shown a lot of people that he was up for it. You know, um, obviously Seattle's very near and dear to his heart because it's the connection he has with his dad being the team doctor and everything. So like, I, again, I Morris has at least a, a history, a track record of being, good when we need him to be good it sucks that his injuries uh have kind of slowed his game down and limited what he can and can't do but let's look at the forward the strikers the three strikers that greg called in Um, i think we all kind of knew they were going to be three strikers i think a lot of people maybe wanted greg to call up a fourth striker Um, but he he brought three strikers who kind of have all three different profiles you have jesus ferrer from fc dallas Josh Sargent at Norwich City, and Haji Wright from Antalya Spore in Turkey. Now, obviously, that's the surprise. Right, Caleb? 
Haji Wright was not on anyone's real radar because of the way that Greg kind of talked about him over the summer after that friendly in, Ju- in June. Uh, he had a, I mean, he'd been scoring in Turkey, but it wasn't like, it just seemed like he wasn't on our radar. So how was he on this World Cup roster? Well, yeah, I mean, when you look at what Burhalter likes to do, he plays his people, right? His guys, they're going to get minutes. And Haji never seemed to get an opportunity. I like the kid. Um, I like what he offers. I think the players like him. There's a history with him within when you go back to the youth national teams. Um, I think he fits really well. And he got hot at the right time. Um, why he got in over Pepe is, I think, the biggest question. Um, Pepe's seemed to be playing really well for Groningen. Um Conflicting reports saying Pepe's camp is mad. And then some reports saying there might be some uh, injury type situation there. I don't know. Um, as far as the entire group, for me, Josh Sargent's the, the starter. I've been a Josh Sargent guy, even in his dip in form. Uh, people want to ignore context and put his poor form on him only, not wanting to understand that when you're a striker playing for a really poor team, which Norwich was poor in the premiership, they're better in the championship and his form goes with that. Uh, you know, who'd have thought, but I'm sure Ferreira's going to get the start. He's been Berhalter's guy the whole time. You, you thought Pepe was Berhalter's guy, but I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of question marks with this one. A lot of head scratchers with this roster. I still don't know if it's fully settled for me yet uh, that I fully grasp. Like these are the guys um, I know there can be some changes made up until Thomas. I'm sure, you know, the exact date uh, you're, you're always usually the stat guy, but I want to say the 14th, maybe um, yeah, correct. The, the, the final roster is official to FIFA on the 14th at 1 PM. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think there's going to be any changes but there's possibilities. Um, yeah, it, it is, it is what it is. I, I have no issue with, with Haji, right? I, I just, I think for me, it's interesting that Ricardo Pepe made a move uh, to a team where he could play into a league that fit his level better and clearly was performing at that level and for that team. Now the team is not very good. That's fine. He's still been scoring. Um, and it just is, it's, it's curious that a guy like Haji Wright gets called up and it's not even trying to disparage Haji Wright. Like it's just what Greg has told us doesn't really align with what this final roster decision was. But Thomas, I think what we're talking about is Haji is unlikely to start. Am I, is that a fair assessment of this trio of strikers? Yeah, I think Haji, he would be, a, I mean, obviously, if everyone remaining healthy, I think he's off an off-the-bench sub, you know, needed, um, you know, needing a tying or winning goal, you know, in late in the match. I mean, he's 6'3", you know, he, you know, he's he's very agile for, for being that tall. I mean, we've seen some amazing goals from him. So I think he offers a lot from, from that perspective, as opposed to, you know, Ferrer, who's like 5'9", and hey, Sargent thinks 6'1", or... Huh. in that range there sergeants so think, yeah like six one six two there he's, yeah, he's tall sneaky too. he's yeah. sneaky he's sneaky tall and i and i again I, i'll 
echo Caleb. I love Sargent. I think he should start. I mean, he, he got a bum rap and I think um, if you actually watch him play, he's, he's everywhere. Um, I absolutely love him. I think he f- actually fits the system uh, better than, than Ferrer, honestly. I th- yeah. I I, God. Yeah. Like that's the question, right? Like the system is the, the system that we played throughout qualifying still failed to produce a whole lot of goal scoring opportunities, you know? And I'm just like, do you think that that Sargent gives us the better opportunity to make better goal scoring opportunities throughout? I mean, they, they, they've got to deliver. They've got to deliver the ball to you know no matter who's there. I think that's been right. part of the problem too. Is that is that delivery? I mean, Ferrari's had some opportunities that he's missed, some clear ones. So I think that's part of it. You've got to finish those when yeah. when you do help. Because in the World Cup, you're not going to get a lot of those chances. You know, you got to you got to make hay with sunshines. And get those, you know, get those opportunities in the back of the net. So I think that's that's part of it. And you know, we've seen Sargent do that, you know, at, at multiple levels. And you know, obviously with him going back to striker this season, I think we've seen, you know, really what he can do for the team. But but I did look, and Wright only got called into that June that June camp, the double camp there in June this year. So for champion, uh, yeah, for for Nations League. So that's the only camp he got called into for, for the the national team. So. Um, and then that's a probably pretty decent look. It's about two week camp. Yeah, it was a yeah, that was a long camp. Yeah, yeah, but it was it, four matches. So it is. It is um, curious that Pepe was not called up um, for this this World Cup. Obviously, he played such a big role in qualifying. Um, his form dipped a lot, obviously, but I, I really thought that he had kind of recaptured it. Um, but that said, I. I do feel that it has to be Josh Sargent as your starter. I think he gives you the most complete player because he does a lot of the things that Ferreira does that Greg likes that Ferreira does, right? He can pass the ball with his back to goal. He can drop into midfield turn and also still find a pass, but he still can actually get in the box at a better efficiency than Ferreira does. That's just kind of his more natural tendency. So I agree that Ferreira is the backup. Um, I agree that Haji Wright is your third choice. So that's how I would play it. But Burhalter does love does love his boys. Um, are there any other snubs that we haven't pointed out yet? Um, anyone that you can think of that's like, man, I can't believe this guy didn't get called in. Thomas, anyone that's kind of that we're missing? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think really when it comes down to it, I mean, it, there, I had, you know, when I was trying to, decide you know who i wanted you know who greg was going to choose you know i had about you know consistently 20 players it was that last yeah you know six players that you, you just you know where are they going to fit in i mean i you have your you have your you know your preferences along the way so i think that's um you know where i where i get yeah. a little cloudy for, for me to do that but but i think that's it i mean i, I think the snubs you know were, were, were clear i think stefan peppy and i guess you can throw cannon in that a little bit i'm not you know i think cannon's ability to play multiple positions was kind of intriguing, but um, obviously Greg didn't think so because he brought another, you know, right. four, four right backs, essentially, <laughs> that, you know, you know, can play right and left back. Some of them, most of them can, can kind of switch as needed. So, um, which is still kind of an odd move in, in my opinion. I think, you, in my opinion, I would have brought an extra center back uh, over four. I, you know, I think that's a good point of, of why Reggie would have been a better fourth right back because now you're looking at two guys in Scally and Dest who can play both right and left. And you would have added Cannon who can play right back and that right center back slash just pure right back or a center back role. He's done that with a Bovista. 
maybe Greg just doesn't think he's as good. I don't know, but that that is curious that like we have four guys at the right side, three of whom can play on the left. But do you really need three guys who can switch? Um, I don't know. Caleb, any any snubs that you specifically think that need to be recognized, other than Georgie Mihailovic, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Georgie, we've said it for I don't know how many times. Like, there's it's ridiculous that he wasn't involved more. Um, I think PFOC, you gotta you gotta yeah. talk about him. Um, he had a, a little dip lately, but a guy who can score goals. I think there's just a really bad taste with that. The what would have been the winner probably against Mexico when Gio uh, basically just picked the ball up and placed it on a platter, and mm. PFOC sent it wide for almost a throw in somehow from four yards in front of the goal. Still don't know how it's missed. I think that one for Greg just kind of. You know, I think that was the final deal for him. Um, better than that, you know, like Thomas said, I think we all had the same probably 20-ish players. And then five or six are going to be – they're going to be Greg's guys. We all I mean, have our own preferences. Every coach has that. I think we need to recognize that. But let's – we, do we want to highlight some of the positives that Greg – achieved with the building of this roster i mean is there is there something that you're like wow that was actually pretty smart from greg berhalter thomas i mean anything that like you thought was a good move i mean it's some of the, some of the players are, are just straightforward you know no-brainers i mean i i, I think I, I think the fact he didn't have a while he had some snubs that we didn't have any like holy cow like i can't believe this person's left off at this point yeah. obviously brooks is that but he's not he hasn't been in the picture for a long time so in it's yeah that was just inevitable it was going to happen but but i i think he's i think he's put a good squad together i mean really like joe scally i mean i i think he's you know i think he's played great and i think um i think greg maybe had a hard time bringing in a 19 year old to you know you know to, to the world cup that had kind of got, come in late into the cycle and yeah. i think i think i think you saw a little bit of that in his selections you know of a scally and a more a little bit you know that were just kind of like you know at the end you know, inclusions in some ways, like more was kind of in and out when he finally got into the group and he's kind of been out for a while. And so, so, so I, I really think he put some good thought in some of the positions and I think he was a little short side than others. And you look at like Aaron Long, I mean, I thought Matt Miazga was a better player. He was, he absolutely was. Than Aaron, Long, than Aaron Long was, but again, he's not a great guy. Even Miazga came out and said, you know, he and Greg didn't see eye to eye on some stuff. And and so I, I'm very curious to see what that is because he supposedly said it's going to come out. But it's things like that. It's, you know, buying into it. And that's the thing. We've got to buy into this team. We've got to support this team because yeah. this is it. I mean, you know, if, if there's an injury, twenty, you know, they can replace it 24 hours before their first World Cup match. And so that's the other, you know, piece to, to that, you know, yeah. replacing a player on the roster is that piece of it. And so um, – and that, that's it. I mean, we've got, we've got to do that. It's – I did um, – I, apparently, and I don't really buy it, but I was told that, the, um, you know, I had asked the question of someone said about whether or not the U.S. would bring a couple extra players to Qatar to um, in case of injury during training. Now, mind you, training is very short, but you know, if some if something happens, you know, you'd like to have that player right available, you know, yeah. to kind of to come in. Obviously, once they're they're gone, they're gone. I mean, some of those players could probably quickly get there, but I mean, I think you kind of want to have 
you know, maybe something waiting in the wings if needed uh, for, from that perspective. It's, it's anything's possible, but I was told that's, you know, probably not likely to happen, but there are a few players on here that are recovering from injury. So it's a little short-sighted to, to maybe not include, um, to, inc- to include them. Yeah, that, that's a good point of just bringing those extra players as like training camp players, because teams do that a lot, um, bring one or two guys that, you know, they feel comfortable with and, and, you know, backups to backups at that point. Um, Caleb, anything from the squad that you feel like needs to be highlighted as a, as a positive? I mean, the way he built it or, or anything like that. I mean, as far as the construction of the roster, there were, like we've talked about, there were several that were just no-brainers. Um, it's hard to mess that up. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And if he brought, if he, if he left like a, uh, like a Gio Reyna off or something like, yeah, th- let's light the world on fire. He's not going to do that. You know what I mean? Like there are certain players that just pick themselves. The rest of them, it's kind of, you know, like we said, it's personal preference. We can argue about it all we want. Um, like, I mean, I'm, I'm frustrated with some of the picks, but I'll get over it. And once the players hit the field, you know, we're all we're going to lose our minds, right? We're not going to worry about <laughs> right. the twenty sixth man. We're, we're once once a goal goes in, um, we're going to feel that energy, and and it's the U.S. regardless of, of who's on the roster. Uh, I, I do say, and I've said this before, I say we got to give him credit for for some of the players that he's been able to get. You know, uh, a Yunus Musa on this roster is massive massive yeah. player for for who we are the way we want to play the way greg wants to play a sergino dest making sure that he gets these guys to commit their future to the united states that's massive it's not specifically this roster it's his tenure but they are on this roster because of what he's done and i think that's got to be uh pointed out i think we got to give credit where it's due um we're going to sit here and pick him apart for every little thing he does. So we also got to give him credit when he does something um, right. So my, my big positive from this is that he did bring in a striker. Who's a plan B type of option, right? I think Haji Wright is the, Ooh, the way that we want to play isn't working or the, Oh crap, we just got to get a goal. So we need to throw someone on. So I think we all would have thought that PFOC would be that guy, but I think Haji Wright does fill that role. And I think that was smart of Greg to not, be so married to his style of play that he understands that he needs someone who can be a little bit different and that you can play long to play direct to um, with the ability to actually play off of him from, from a little bit more direct play. Um, Let's start looking at this roster again as a whole is 
this is the question that I think a lot of people have kind of talked about. Um, it's a question that a lot of people have asked, but I don't know if it's appropriate to ask now, but let's do it. Do you think this is the, a golden generation of U.S. soccer? Slash, should we even call this generation a golden generation? Thomas, you're a historian on this topic. I mean, a, a, you've, you've got so much data and perspective on the U.S. men's national team. The first question is, is this a golden generation? Yeah, I, I would say, I want to say no, um, because, but but I think this this group has more than any other group had before it in terms of, in terms of, you know, the, the federation behind them and that sort of thing. I mean, we look at, if you look at like, you know, the, the, the nineties U S team, there was some really good talent on that team, but they just, yeah. they were kind of just put together. You know what I mean? They didn't have any real, you know, they, they, they put together, they brought some players in so they could compete in 94 on home soil. So, and so I think while there's some great players here, I, just, I think, I think there's a, a higher ceiling for the Federation in terms of even some of the players we see. I mean, it's a very good group uh, of young talent. And I was just looking to see, I actually thought that the squad was going to be younger average age. It's like uh, since 19. Marine messing it up, man. Yeah. The, the average age for the squad is like 20, 25, over 25. And so that's like the 42nd, um, oldest, you know, youngest squad, I guess, uh, since 1950. And so I was expecting to be in the 24s, you know, um, and, you know, obviously the, yeah. the squad that qualified was much younger uh, in, in, in many, in many instances. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to say no right now. Um, I, I think I'd want to see, I, I want to see what the next cycle offers for, for this group and how many, you know, how many of these players continue, you know, to be part of that next, the next World Cup. And then at that point, I think we can, maybe revisit that conversation. Cause I think at that point you have a better handle in terms of that next tier of, you know, players coming in for the cycle. Caleb golden generation. I mean, I think it's a term people like to talk about. Uh, but when, when you talk about golden generation, I think it's gotta be something that you talk about in the past. Like I, I if you look at like a Spain and, and them winning, in in 2010 um maybe that kind of roster that squad whatever maybe they maybe you consider them the golden generation for spain um this generation here it's the present and it's the future i, I don't think you can say anything because you have no clue what's happening yeah um that's that's kind of how i look at it uh is it extremely talented god yeah uh it's exciting to watch. Um, weekends are fantastic if you're a U.S. fan right now. We're watching more soccer, better soccer than we've watched in a really, really long time. If ever, I mean, it, it can't be compared. The, the clubs that our, our guys are playing at is it's we've never seen it at this level. Um, so it's phenomenal. But until we can look back on this, I don't know if we can call it anything yet it is it's just this is u.s soccer and i'm here for it let's see what happens so i don't think i can call this necessarily a golden generation yet for all those things that you all have mentioned is we just don't know it's hard to put that moniker on a team before they even go into the tournament and when you do there's a lot of pressure that's added i do think this is the best 
the most talented team we've been able to field top to bottom, right? Number, especially with now with 26, but like the first man on the roster is the last man who has chosen. I think they're much more talented. The floor is so much higher than what we've had before. Um, I'm going to call this the iron team and I'm calling it that from the iron age, right? The iron age was known as, as kind of this thing that built the, the way for like much more um, evolved and, and civilized societies and all these, you know, it was such an integral part of creating world history at that turn of the millennia that I feel like this is the generation that sets the stage for future generations to become a golden generation, right? Like this is, this is the first group of guys that we're looking at, like all of them. It's like, wow, you're playing at this club. You're playing at this club. And so I think this is the first, I'm hoping it's the first of many generations that continue to just get better and better. Um, Because Thomas, to your point, yeah, there were so many really good players on the 90, the 94, the 98 team but they didn't have the opportunity to go play in Europe the way that these guys have. And part of that is because, you know, there are guys who did break that mold, but it's no longer a little trickle, right? The dam is broken. People understand that there's a, there's talent to be found here in the American soccer landscape. And I'm hoping that these guys truly show it that, that builds the, the builds things for the future generations. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. So I, I just, I don't know. Golden generation feels very it I, I feel like we need to be retroactive by using that term not forward thinking all right so the last question here on a scale of one to seven thomas how confident are you in this team right now <sighs> you know it's it's gonna be about goals They've got to score goals, and I, I'm not confident there right now. I'm really yeah. not. I mean, they, they, you know, they they do a lot well, um, but they can't be chasing it. They, you know, they've they've you know the way they have been. I mean, we, the last two friendlies, I just did, I I don't think they showed well at all. And I and I think and I think there's a you, there's a player frustration with that. I'm hoping Greg is you know realized maybe he needs to simplify you know the game plan so they can go out there and and be a little bit more. Uh, you know, mobile and a little bit more creative as opposed to playing from the back like he is. I just don't think that's, I, I just don't think that's going to be a, a recipe for success for them. So I, I think that's going to, you know, I think I'm, I'll go in the middle on that. Cause I think it could go either way, you know, with, with that in general, I think, I think it's a group where, where they can get out, but, but the, you know, they're going to need a little luck and they're going to need, you know, they're going to need, you know, to, to be able to kind of do what they do, you know, collectively because you look at a player like tyler adams how great is he playing for Leeds right now you know what i mean and we don't see that we see him play well for the u.s we don't see it that level you know what i mean and granted it's a different system and all those other things but like you're missing that opportunity you know for a, a, that type of performance when you're you put everything in a box like greg like greg has or where he's so rigid in terms of like his fl- in you know, inflexibility to, to change or do anything so so I, i'm gonna have to go in the middle on that it's it's I'm, I'm hopefully optimistic that, you know, they do well, but it's, you know, it's nerve wracking. I've, you know, I've watched, you know, every world cup since, you know, 94. So it's, it's, uh, they're, they're all, they're all, it's always nerve wracking. So these games are so intense. Caleb. 
what's your confidence level right now? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Greg Berhalter here and I'm going to split it into two tournaments. <laughs> My confidence level of getting out of the group is fairly high. Um, because I look at a Wales and I look at Iran, um, and I'm not, I'm not super afraid. I think the, the reality of, of getting three points versus both of those clubs or, uh, sides is, is very realistic it's very doable um confidence level beyond that uh not that high and i think thomas nailed it scoring goals has been a it's it's been a, a thorn in our side you know we talked about it in our last pod it's it's been more of like just hope for the best, you know, for individual talent to, to make up for lack of tactical, um, uh, basically Greg's system, right? Burhalter ball as it will. It's not doing what Greg has promised that it would do. It's not doing what we hope it would do. Um, we're scoring goals. If you look back against against all the um, easy teams, you could say maybe those were system goals. But if you look against difficult opponents, I think we're scoring goals based on individual talent. Um, and thank God we have a ton of it up top. We've got some incredible talent up top. And I think that's providing those goals um it's harder to do it versus harder teams better international sides in a tournament a tournament that matters a lot more than any tournament there's going to be so it's going to be even tougher to to find those opportunities so i don't know maybe now i've just talked myself out of being confident for the group stage <laughs> um it's I don't know. It's a young team. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, like I'm pumped out of my mind. I can't even explain that. Um, I don't know if I want to put expectations on it. I, I We're going to. That's what we do as fans. But I just, I just hope we don't go out there and embarrass ourselves like we did with the last two friendlies leading up to the World Cup. I'm just going to be completely honest. As long as we don't do that, as long as we are competitive, I'll be fine. But if we show up and we play like we did versus Japan and Saudi Arabia, that is an embarrassment for our country and our players. Yeah, I think that is the concern, right? We didn't have a great showing the last time we saw this team. And so that kind of dips my confidence because um, I'm fairly confident in a lot of parts of this team. Like I, I do think that this team is going to be competitive in the most part because I've seen them be competitive for the most part throughout qualifying. Um, I'm going to give them a four at, in my confidence rating right now, because it is, it's hard to shake what we saw in September. And it's also hard to shake the fact that we didn't really perform well on the road in qualifying. Um, and sometimes this team doesn't really handle adversity the way that they should. Um, 
or things not going according to plan the way they should, maybe is a better way to phrase that. And so, you know, I'm concerned of what happens when we have to go off script a little bit, but hopefully we have the talent that figures out how to do that well. Um, but yeah, I'm going with a solid four. All right, guys, uh, I appreciate you all breaking down this roster with me. Again, the 26 players who are going to represent us at the 2002 or 2022 FIFA World Cup have been selected by Greg Berhalter. We've just talked about all of them. Uh, Thomas, let us know where you can find your work. Yeah, so uh, US Keeper is is where I can find, be found on Twitter. I'm actually uh, been doing some a little bit of writing. Um, you have been. Um, I don't know if it's any good, but um, but uh, and I'm certainly not a writer, but uh, I've got reached out a few times and, and from uh, uh, Marcus O'Malley chasing chasing the cup, and uh, I've got a you know three maybe three pieces on there. Um, I've got a couple other things I'm thinking about. Some of it, I you know, I don't know. I'm not great at it, but check it out. Um, you know, what some of the jersey stuff on there. I did a couple things with uh, looking at uh, teams in Europe. I did one on MLS playoffs um, uh, changing. So um, yeah, check it out. Um, give me a follow. You know, I, I love. I mean, I I've got the stats. I'm adding to them all the time. So it's 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 uh, I don't know. It's a labor of love for me. So. Your perspective uh, and knowledge are very appreciated. Well, thank you. Caleb, where can we find you? Oh, uh, USMNT Corner. It's where I'm most active. And then, you know, personal is J. Caleb Cook one. Um, a little less active on there, more more, more bourbon and coffee takes on there. But uh, <laughs> uh, that, that might be know. very important during this World Cup. Uh, I was going to say. Bourbon and coffee might be important uh, for multiple it's, reasons. It's going to be. It's going to be very important, and and there's going to be some crossover between between both handles there yes. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Soccer Down Here so you get all the content we're putting out during the World Cup. Follow the show on Twitter at Soccer for Us Pod, and if you want to support the show, go to buymeacoffee.com/soccerforuspod. I'm Bart. I'm out. <laughs>